podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. and welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast. First pod of the new season coming to you from Bern in Switzerland uh, where Palace have unfortunately lost two, well, one game, the final. They drew a 1-1 game on penalties and then they lost the final of the Euron Cup which is the one we all wanted uh, to Young Boys 2-0 today. Uh, joining me to talk about that game and pre-season in general, Jesse Boyce, how are you? Pretty good. <laughs> and Will Hamilton, how are you? Very, very tired. I am quite tired as well. We got up quite early this morning to get here, 4am to get a very early flight. Um, Will, was it worth the effort coming today? (laughs) Uh, The game wasn't great, but it's been a good trip so far. So I would say it's worth it. But yeah, very disappointing performance from Paddis. It wasn't... um it wasn't great at all, was it? I know it's only pre-season, and I know it was what, their final pre-season game, and maybe the Euro Cup means more to them than it does to us, but it was quite lackluster from Palace, and it was a fairly strong team as well. It, it was, except for you know, missing both our first-choice centre-backs isn't great, but I think we're missing... A, well, I think we definitely need a couple of signings, don't we, to sort of bolster the squad. Um, but it just... I don't know, nothing seemed to work today. It just seemed to be a bit... I don't know what the word is, but just nothing seems to work. And obviously, it's pre-season, and obviously, young boys start their season next week. But we just looked the last two games have just not been great. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't great, Jesse. Was it really? Again, it is pre-season, but are there things to worry about there? Or is it just systematic of it being a pre-season game and getting there for fitness and, and sort sorting through things? But there's two things there, isn't there? Like there's the result and there's the performance, and neither of them are good. So it's it's really hard to be positive about it. It's with what we've had a kind of a squad player signing in the in the Spironi replacement Henderson. It's it's looking a little bit desperate. It's I'm not sensationalist about the transfer window, but how can you be enthusiastic about where we're at? It's really difficult. Um, I don't know. It just really wasn't. There was one chance today where Benteke was put through by Schlapp and he didn't even connect with the ball in in the way that a championship championship striker would. It was. It's like where do you go from there? I, it's really hard to be positive about it. That, that, that's my biggest concern. Is that Benteke? As I'm not digging. This is not a, a, a dig at Benteke as such, but. Yet again, just the lack of confidence up front and in our final, in the final third, again, just looks 
the same old sort of. I'm not again. This is I'm not playing a pop at anyone in particular, but this is two or well, two seasons of strikers not really scoring, and we've gone to a third one, and it still looks like sore off. And I'm Soros' biggest fan. I, you know, <laughs> people, know give, people give me. I'm, I'm sober when I'm saying this. I'm Soros', I'm Soros biggest fan, but none of the front three, Wickham, Soros, Bentek, none of them look like they're in form. None of them look like they've got any confidence in front of goal. And as everyone says, oh, we could bring another striker in, but are we going to play to any striker's strengths with the squad we've got? And Bentek has scored, what, 15 goals, was it, under, yeah. under Allardyce? Was it three or four under Hodgson? Sawlo scored none under Hodgson except for in against Swansea. Okay, Wickham's been injured, but for me, it's the formation. Maybe I'm not. Again, it's pre-season, but something's not right. If none of your strikers are scoring, to me, that says there's something more than all your strikers are awful because I don't think they are. Ben has proved that he's been at Villa, scored yeah. bucket loads of goals, got a multi-million pound move to Liverpool. Okay, he wasn't great, but he still scored. Comes to us, scores goals, and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. It does feel a bit, Jesse, like they've got the same old problems. We had multiple times last season where it felt like we, we just couldn't score goals. Today, honestly, we could have played for another half an hour. We probably wouldn't have scored a goal. Menteke did score on Tuesday in the, in the first game against Luzerne. It was a nice assist from Max. But Will's touched on formations there. And on Tuesday and tonight, Roy's gone with two up top. So it was... Connor and Benteke on Tuesday and it was Serla on Benteke today. Do we think that's a hint of what he might want to try? Do we think it worked or do we think again it's just him getting 90 minutes under Connor's belt and 90 minutes under Serla's belt and just uh, fitness yeah, out of the way? Well you're right, very much on paper but it didn't really seem evident on the pitch. You didn't really ever see you never felt there was the presence of two big strikers up front today so it was hard to really make sense of. I mean, let's be fair. With AWB's not there, uh, Sacco and Wilf aren't there, so we're not firing on all cylinders, and we can't expect to be. But at the same time, this is what we've got to fall back on. Right? Without key players like Sacco's got injury problems. Sometimes Wilf has disciplinary problems, isn't available. Like with, when it comes down to it, this is what we might be left with, and. We're really struggling. It's a struggle, again. And I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. It is a slight hint of what my life might be without Wilf if he does go this window. This is a problem in itself, though. This over-reliance on Wilf is actually a bit of a hindrance upon the team because you see today, if Wilf plays, I guarantee we score a goal or two. He just has that ability that none of the other players have. But they... But then it's so used to just giving the ball to Wilf. Give the ball to Wilf, he'll do something, we'll score, and then we'll sit back and defend. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But if he was to leave this summer, and I'll get absolute pelters for saying this, it wouldn't be the worst thing to ever happen to the club in terms of, I think we'd get loads of money, okay, we wouldn't have a player's ability, but we'd be able to strengthen in place that we can't simply can't afford strength at the moment. I mean... I think I would think we were talking before, weren't we? I think we're five players short of where you would ideally be. I think we're short of a right back. Yeah. I think we're short of a left back, a centre mid, another winger and a striker. But we can't afford to do that. It's unrealistic. I think we'll probably get two, maybe. Are you being one of them? Yeah. And they, he's not the... I like, 
don't get me wrong, for the money, for two and a half million, whatever it is, it's a good signing, but he's not going to be the one to score us 10 goals or whatever you want from a striker. Yeah, well, it wouldn't. It would certainly wouldn't signal with him and Stephen Henderson, obviously the reserve goalkeeper, it certainly wouldn't signal an exciting window yet. Although, as we know, there are a few weeks to go, so who knows what could happen uh, in that time. And we did see Director of Football, Dougie Freeman, joining uh, Chairman Steve Parrish, coming to talk to the fans at half-time. Um, it, was quite, it was quite brave. I, I feel like maybe it was kind of a um, response to that first half, because it was such a bad first half, that maybe they thought, if they come and chat to the fans, it will appease them. And to be fair, everyone was very good-natured. And in, in many ways, Jesse, that was almost like the highlight of the game, wasn't it? <laughs> Seeing them come out and chat to the fans. It was, we were out-muscled by young boys and, you know, it feels strange saying that, but it was really hard to kind of see where we beat them anywhere on the pitch. I think Fernand Holt on the overlap really was kind of restricted or just beaten to the ball. Um, Schlupp broke through a couple of times, but we really found it hard to just penetrate them and create chances. We never really got into the game. Yeah, it was just quite strange to see. Steve Parrish and Dougie Friedman joined the fans at half-time. And to be fair, it's braver them because they can't have got many platitudes when they, when they spoke to the fans. But they, they did the pose with pictures and everything. But not a lot of highlights today, is there? There's not a lot, of, lot to talk about except it's sunny and we're wearing shorts. So uh, let's spend the rest of, most of the rest of the day. And we are strolling through the very nice city of Bern as well. Were there any highlights for you? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I pick up on Steve Parrish and, and Dougie, there was a lot, a lot of talk today about investment in the club and lack of movement because of investment potentially coming in or or not coming in. I think that's the key. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And I, again, I thought it was very brave of them to walk across to the Palace fans today, purely because of the questions they get asked. Not because they get abused, but I just. If that'd be me. I'd have stayed away. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have entertained it um, if I was Steve. Because I just think <sighs> the frustration for me is we got these American owners in. Okay, initially there was a bit of money spent. We also signed Benteke, which is the big and Sacco, and they were a the big signing. It seems to quieten down in the last sort of eighteen months, maybe. And you never hear from them. Yeah. And I think that's a frustration from the Palace fans. You never hear from our American owners and people say well that's Steve Parrish's job but at the same time these guys have a huge stake in the club yeah. you want to know what their intentions are I mean I, I have no idea what they thought they were getting involved in when they invested in Palace clearly they haven't got what they expected there's no new stand being built or looks like it's going to be close to being built so that's my question what, 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 what did they invest in exactly I'm, I'm confused massively Will, we talked about PVA earlier, sort of touched on his performance. <laughs> Just with the goals, yeah. first goal looked like a sort of mix-up between PVA and in the middle, sort of lost it, Guaita came out, couldn't get there. It, was a, it wasn't a great sort of moment, and the striker capitalised and knocked it into the empty net. Um, yeah, not an ideal way to start again. That was quite early on as well. For me, PVA is one of the weak links. You know, I think he's... Okay, he's Good going forward, but defensively, I mean, I lost track him at times last season. He'd take a throw in, we'd lose possession from his throw in. Opposition team would either score or come close to scoring, or he'd fall asleep and someone would slide in behind him. And everyone keeps going on about Mitchell at left back. I feel so sorry for the lad because the pressure on him yeah. Yeah. is going to be immense because everyone's going to be like, oh, it's new Aaron Ramasaka yeah. yeah. and you've got to give a lad time I think personally we need 
a left back in the window because obviously Suarez not here anymore. Hasn't been for a while really, has he? But that's not his fault. But Schlupp's not really left back, is he? He's been playing more left mid, centre mid type. But so we've only really got one left back. And is he really left back? Um, but it's unfair to pick on him today, I think. I don't think any of the back four really looked that comfortable. Yeah, um, well, that was going to be my question yeah. to Jesse as well, because the second goal was um, not great defending either, and it was down the right side this time, and the guy cut back and shot, deflected shot in the bottom corner. Slightly worried by sort of the uh, deficiencies in defence at the moment, or again, is it something we think gets ironed out in uh, pre-season and maybe changes when, obviously, Tompkins and Sacco return to the side? Well, definitely Tompkins, Sacco a huge miss towards the end of last season not got a glimpse of them ever since I think AWB creates a hole like Ward's proved himself a good kind of plan B but can he be a plan A at this stage I don't know so the back four is, is more in question than it has been for a couple of years and yeah. it's difficult to know what difficult to know what to do about that um, I don't know it's we definitely well look, we've, as as Will said we've lost Suari who's the backup left back we've got a backup right back can he stand up, can he become first team right back I don't know we're just really lacking in a, a kind of confident back four it's weird isn't it because we've we've, we've returned now to uh, burn uh, centre square I guess in a way it's very nice very very chilled and relaxed but this game Will has almost thrown up more questions now that we're walking back and trying to digest it, then we almost had beforehand. And that's not, kind of not what you want when you're getting a few games into your pre-season. That's, uh, obviously, I, f- I felt fairly confident going into this window, like this summer and into next season, that we were sort of starting to build something under Hodgson. And Did you feel confident we'd lift the Euro and Cup, of course? Obviously, I, I thought... <laughs> we obviously <laughs> I feel we should have won it, but obviously uh, their season starts next week, so they're obviously going to be fitter than we are. Obviously, we lost... A right back, our first, our first choice right back for 15 million quid. I didn't think that would really happen. I thought maybe give us another year, but I think the next two weeks are important because if you lo- if we lose Wilf, and I'm not saying we will, but if we lose Wilf, and you then look at Luca being in his last year, there's quite a lot of negativity around. And I I personally don't think we'll get the players in that we need. And I think. It'd be another season of flirting with relegation, but at, towards the end of the season, pulling away like we normally do. We sort of flirt around 17th, 18th for six months, and then we end up mid-table. I think it'd be another. I think it'd be exactly the same as the last three seasons. I can't see anything drastically changing. Well, unless Wilf leaves, which yeah. would be quite drastic. Um, Jesse, we do seem to come back to this question of investment, don't we? Every summer, it seems to be a constant theme. I think today has made us shine a light on that even more, maybe maybe more than we expected. We need a finisher. We can't carry on like this. It's Benteke's shot. His confidence is shot. He's he's not he's not in the right headspace. It's just not. We can't tolerate that. I can't carry him for any longer. So he's become a squad player. And then we've got Wickham pretty much in the same mould, and then Sawloth another in the in the same sort of category we haven't really got a finisher and Batshuayi was showing glimmers of hope in that area but you know he's history as far as we're concerned so where is that finisher where is that guy that's going to finish off 
um, whatever we can create, whatever we can put in the box. Do you think that's down to the manager, a lack of confidence in the four players? For me, if a, if a player scores 15 goals in a season and he goes then then to one or two, whatever Benteke he got, Sorloff's never really shown it. Is that? I, I, and I don't think Wilf is actually its full potential under us. I, I, I think it's not. I'm not saying Hodgson out. I think that's completely extreme. But I, I do think that there's a lack of confidence under Roy. And I think there's even the passing at times. You just, I don't know. I just don't think we're that team. I, for me, Ben Teke is a quality striker. When you put balls in the box, and we don't do it enough, or whatever, if ever. That's my biggest problem with this side. They don't. I don't think we play to our players' strengths. I think we play to what the manager wants us to play, and it works because obviously we stayed up for two seasons under him. But is he getting the best out of the squad? I mean, we've got a lot of lot of players there earning a lot of money, and you know, a couple of hundred grand plus players a week, aren't they? You know, Sacco, Wilf, Benteke. I imagine Max Myers pushing there. It's a lot of money. Not Max never played last season, really, did he? Yeah. From the start and. Yeah, I feel I felt like today you were right. Uh, today, even in the warm-up, you got the impression like, oh, some of the passes are going astray, and then they continued into the game. It did feel mm, they weren't quite on it. And and Will is right. Like this is a good squad full of good players, and you just feel like at, at times the balance and the approach and whatever system we're trying to do isn't quite working. Like you get it, it flashes of it throughout the season. We get it last season. You know, we have a little run of games. You think, oh, we're on it, and it just. Every now and then you feel like it's not quite working and today was another case of that. Well, the year that Benteke scored 17-odd goals for us, I think he was the most prolific scorer in the Premier League of headers. And I think it was around 9 or 10, 9 or 10 of them were headers. And since Roy's come in after that and we've stopped playing traditional wing play where you've got your kind of crosses coming in. So how many goals did we see Andros lift onto his head right it's like that's that supply line has been cut and Benteke when has he scored goals uh, okay Villa he did you know we saw him score a goal against Palace like that against Scott Dan where he just bombed on but he was a few years younger uh, he's really, maybe he's got, not got that ability anymore right so yeah, exactly. I just don't know how you're going to get the best out of Benteke without playing to his strengths Roy doesn't like wing play he likes players to cut in and uh, play across the 18-yard line, and when we had Loftus Cheek, that made sense. But I just don't know. It, uh, it, when it comes down to it, it doesn't really add up about how we're going to score these goals, how we're going to have a season without any sort of panic throughout. I just don't know where we, how we can get to that point, the way we're going. My biggest concern with Pal- the way Palace do transfers, we rely very heavily on loans every year. Now I don't have an issue with loans if you have an option then to go and potentially buy those loans. So we had Batshuayi, there was no agreement to buy him. Loftus cheap, there was no agreement to buy him. Are you okay, he was cheap, but every season it seems like a bit of a patch job. I, I don't like, personally I don't like that. I don't mind loans, but if you're going to do them, do them early and actually want those players, don't, it's just, I don't, to me, this squad looks a bit of patch, you know, we're lacking in depth at wide. We're lacking in depth at full back, both sides. You know, we've got quite a few central midfielders. You know, Reader World never plays. You know, I can't really put my finger on it, but this squad to me doesn't work for the formation we're playing. Well, I feel, and this squad should work. This is a good squad for the good players, and we know it, and we've seen it last season, and we know it should work. 
but it isn't it isn't quite working what's going to work for me now lads is i need some dinner i think yeah. i'm very hungry so shall we find somewhere to eat and then we'll come back in part two and we'll answer a few listeners questions My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. We've moved to a very nice pizzeria here in uh, one of the main squares in Bern. We just, just had some love, lovely pizza. Um, and we've had some questions from our listeners. Quite a lot surrounding the food, because I did tweet out a photo of the menu. Tony Dobson says, who in the group is responsible for ordering in a foreign language? Um, none of us, really. Well... We did ask for the pizza menu in English, and at that point, uh, we sort of gave ourselves away. <laughs> I think we did that way before asking for the, uh, the menu. Uh, Joe Curlin said, how much of the menu did you understand? Oh, none of it until we got the English one. Um, we do have some questions about the game, though. Jim Foster... Uh, Will, Will, hi Jim yeah. says uh, second pre-season game of course second of this, this tour in uh, Switzerland do you think some people might be overreacting what do you think Will you're asking the wrong guy because I, <laughs> I, I overreact to everything um, I think there's a slight overreaction on, particularly on Twitter as usual um, there is concerns there as I think we went through earlier but some of it's justified definitely some of it's justified I think we were having a chat before this, has, this just seems so repetitive. We go through the same thing every summer for like the last five years. It is ident- like, honestly, it's identical, isn't it? Every, every summer is identical. When was, when was the last time we had a really good pre-season that we sort of smashed and went into a season thinking, oh, we're going to actually you know, do really well this season? I thought last season, to be fair. Because yeah. we... Didn't we beat Fulham opening day? Yeah. And we were singing about going on a European tour. <laughs> yeah. That quickly... Like, uh, <laughs> quickly disappeared, didn't it? Um, I don't think I've ever had a pre-season... I don't think any fan now is ever happy with pre- before the season, are they? Everyone thinks we need 10 players. Everyone thinks, you know... Yeah, everyone thinks we should be batting everyone. And Yeah, it's not realistic. But... Yeah, I get his concerns. I get. I do understand people's concerns, but I think people need to relax slightly. We've still got what three and a half weeks before the window yeah, shuts. Yeah. So, it's still time. Uh, do you think? <laughs> I, th- I feel like overreaction is, is probably one of our buzzwords we get from from listeners when they tweet in, and I think it is a natural reaction of a Palace fan. And we obviously, you know, since part one when we were walking away from the game, we've all had a, a, a pizza now and we've calmed down a little bit. It's only a pre-season friendly. Do you think people are overreacting or do you think there are concerns from, from the last two games? There's no doubt that a pizza has calmed me down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but let's 
let's not that get get that let that get in the way of the the wider concerns of the fan base. Um, I agree with Will. It, it does feel a little bit Groundhog Day, doesn't it? We we go. Th- of course, we're going to complain. We've just lost a friendly. Of course, it's quite obvious we're going to complain. But there's cracks that we cannot paper over any longer. We just got to sort this out. You know, like, we haven't had a goal scorer since we haven't had a fox in the box since Murray and Gale. Like, there's no denying that. Batshuayi flirted with us for a bit. He's gone. He's history. Like, what's what's the plan? Like, it's you can't deny this sorry one of, the, one of the concerns I have I was at the game last night when we played what was it uh, Lurzen is it is it how you pronounce it Lurzen uh, Lurzen yeah. yeah I was watching them play Frankfurt so obviously we drew them one all on and went bit on penalties on Tuesday it was probably the worst game of football I've seen ever that's no exaggeration that's my concern is we didn't look very good against them and they looked awful last night <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> if I have any concerns, that is my concern that we just do not look comfortable. Yeah. I know we haven't got everyone our strongest squad out, but it's still fairly strong. It's a hundred times more expensive than any squad we've faced so far. So, well, you'd assume so. Otherwise, young boys have got. Uh, where, where's the money coming from, yeah. young boys? Um, Im Imajika, hi Imajika, says. Should we not worry? It's only a friendly. Always seems to do better in the league when we've had a bad pre-season. They've also they, they can't back that up with any facts. Do, do you subscribe to that, Jesse? Some stats have been passed around that we've never won in. The, we've never won our first opening fixture at home since we've gone up. Oh, that was me. That was me that researched that. Yeah, and if, no, in fact, we've never actually won an opening day home fixture in the Premier League ever. Wow. Not, yeah. Have we ever won at home? Huh? <laughs> Have we ever won at home? Like, <laughs> <it> feel, <laughs> this is it, it, if I if I actually I'll take this back. I have two concerns going forward. One is that we don't look great at the moment. The other, we've discussed it before, is the home form and why is it so bad? Yeah. That is something we've got to overcome this season because I think fans are starting to get annoyed with it. You know, you, you can forgive one season a bad home form, but. It's getting. If you look at stats, and this is this is this is solid facts, we have declined season upon season in the Premier League at home. And the most home wins we had, believe it or not, was the Holloway Purist season. That was, I think, eight home wins, which is okay. If you're if you're team fighting relegation, actually eight home wins is pretty solid. But since then, it's gone seven, six, five, four. There is no excuse. There is there is no excuse for a mid-table team to be only winning four games at home. Yeah, yes, yes, the away form is great. Can we keep it up? I'm not so sure. Well, can't say more than that. It's, 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 how is it how is it acceptable that the fans that follow away have had a, a better return on the investment than the home fans? Look, there's more of us at home. You need to put together. A, you know, you just make your home a fortress. And Fortress Selhurst is a well-worn cliche that doesn't ring true. Yeah. It looks great on telly. Yeah. And everyone knows that Skylight's put a few clips out of the HF and their efforts, which is, is always great in highlights. But you haven't made it count on the pitch. I think, like I was saying earlier, I think, the, I think the wave players get off, get off on it. I think they absolutely love coming to Selhurst Park because they know they're going to get a load of stick in the corner. Well, maybe not anymore because they're moving, but... 
Yeah. They get a low stick in the corner. It gets them going. Yeah, like I said, I think the way players get up on it. And I think when they go to Etihad or whatever, the Emirates, whatever, it's a boring game. You know what I mean? They're not... It's not that sort of... What you're saying is yeah. our home fans are actually so good yeah. <laughs> it's to yeah. the detriment like, yeah. of our I team. Wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, obviously, but I'd, I think, who was it? Uh, Harry Winks, the Spurs player, was saying it the other day. He said the best place he goes to in the Premier League is Palace because it's a great atmosphere, tight ground. It gets them going. And it, I, I believe, I, I subscribe to that theory. That great transport links. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what's not to like about Sellers? It is odd. It is very odd for a team that is so good away from home yeah. to struggle at home. And you're absolutely right, it's something we have to get a hold on yeah. in this next season or else I think you might see fans starting to turn. But we will see and we do kick off the season with a home game. So win that, things are very different. Lose that, we might be in, you know, yeah. Familiar t- territory. Um, JCPFC, hi Jay, says, uh, do we need to buy a gold membership to listen to this podcast? If you want to pay us 50 quid each, then yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, uh, it it's going to be free, just to, you know, just to confirm that, but we will accept donations. If you're listening, JCPFC, then no. <laughs> there you go. Um, quickly on the gold membership thing, because it was, it, we are in pre-season, and it, obviously it was the, for the streams for these games, it's faced fairly wide, uh, widespread criticism do you think the club kind of got it slightly wrong that one 100% oh, I have no problem saying this the club have got this completely wrong bad timing just not a good idea full stop it's, I, I honestly don't get it what, what, what's, what possible reason can you think of charging people who've already forked out 500 plus minimum 500 quid from, I think mine's like 540 quid or something I've got an idea they should just call it Instead of stranger things, just call it familiar things yeah. and uh, just charge us to watch us lose on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I genuinely don't understand why they've done it. Yeah. There's not enough incentive there. If you've, if you've paid 50 quid to watch us play five pre-season games and watch a bunch of under-23 games, then wow. It feels like wow. the sort of people who would subscribe to that and watch the pre-season games that intently are probably here already uh, and almost certainly season ticket holders anyway so we've probably made a significant commitment to the club regardless so it almost feels like something that maybe should be part of a package they've, they've already paid for I understand that the club have bottom lines to meet and you know numbers to hit and stuff like that but as Will says after a summer so far of not much transfer activity which we hope will change the mood is not ready for, for something like that if you're going to do that sort of thing do it when we've won 50 games straight not Obviously, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but don't do it when you've had a pretty gum end of the season and you're not signing anyone and fans already a little bit riled. If you chuck in 50 quid with the streams, maybe a free shirt or something, or discount on the shirts, or just 50 quid, you're, you're essentially paying 50 quid to watch 90 minutes of Mark Bright talk rubbish down the microphone, essentially. Right. There's my theory behind that. But. He sometimes gives very good insight to uh, the games to defend Brighty, which is weird for me Sorry, to do. Brighty, mate. Sorry. <laughs> um, couple more questions. Monty Burns. Hi Monty. Hi Monty. Says, Monty. Uh, did you guys get close enough to ask Steve or Dougie some transfer-related questions? Oh. Asking for a friend. Uh, that's opening a can of worms, isn't it, Jesse? He is. I mean, my good, my good friends, honourable, honourable friends on my right, my insight as to what. His uh, one-to-one discussions with Steve Parrish 
No, we're not. We're, we're, we're not opening that can of worms <laughs> either, to be honest. The state that he is in. Like we said earlier, brave move by them. Um, I feel sorry for them in a way that they felt they had to come across because what are they going to say that's really going to... Unless they're saying we signed 10 players or whatever, I don't think anything they would have said there would have made any difference. And they're obviously not going to be giving away transfer exactly exclusives so. anyway. But as we said in the first part, like a bold move to come over, especially after that first half, and clearly was a kind of PR exercise in, in, in keeping the fans happy. And for the most part, in fact, everyone that went over to chat to Steve and Dougie, and actually Dougie stayed for quite a while after, as the second half kicked off, all seemed to enjoy their company, didn't they, Jesse? So in, in a way, probably quite a good move from the two of them. I mean, you can't, you can't talk negatively about that. That's a great gesture that they came over and... And the players too, I think after they'd had their warm down, everything came over. So after a lacklustre performance, yeah, okay, good kind of gesture by the club. But you know, there's big, there's a bigger problem at hand here, and we can't, we can't look beyond that. And also, actually, you know, the, the club are quite good at those kind of gestures, and the players are very good actually yeah. at connecting to the fans. And it's great to see that they were all there after their warm down today, and we've seen photos on social media and. And it was lovely, but gesture, gestures need to be backed up by something, and that is winning games and signing players. And gestures are brilliant, but they only sort of go so far. And you can't, you can't live off gestures like that unless the team is doing well on the pitch. That's true. I mean, personally, I didn't hang around at the end. But, um, <laughs> so it's not really my type of thing. But, I, you know, <laughs> I'm being honest, it's not my type of thing. I sort of walked off at the end, but... Um, yeah, it's got to be backed up. I think you, if you listen to the conversations that I had between fans at the game today, there is definite frustration. There, and yeah, I, I, I can't really, I can't really put my finger on it. There is everyone there today. You could tell was a little bit like really, like this again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It does yeah. feel a little bit like we're going down the same old road. And again, they said in part one, it's the frustration. We don't quite know what's wrong, but something is. Yeah. Um, another question from a friend of the pod, Ben Long. Hey, Ben Long. Hey, Longy. How you doing? How are you, Longy? <laughs> uh, he says, um, is it a worry that Luca has not yet been given a new contract, considering he is our captain and last season top scorer? And I think his deal was up at the end of the season. Is that right? Is that a worry, Will? Obviously, you're, you're captain in his final year, but he's not the only one who's in his final year. Hodgson's in his final year. That, for me, is a bigger problem because if you're a player and you see your manager in his final year, are you really going to keep up? You know, you saw it at Man City when Pellegrini, they said he was going to go and Guardiola was going to come in. The players dropped off a fair amount and they didn't really do much. I think, yeah, they're the two... If I had to give someone a new contract, I actually think it's slightly maybe more important to get a manager who's there long term. And if Hodgson's only here for the season, then you're already having a boring season because you know at the end of it, your, your manager's gone. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I probably haven't said that well enough, but it needs some stability. Yeah. And if your manager's running out of contract, I mean, what other club has a manager in the final year, really, unless they have a, a rolling contract? Well, some, some clubs yeah. don't bother with that because they just sack them before the end of the yeah. season anyway, and so, you know, looking at the Watfords of, of this world. Um, but we know, and this is a wider question for a future pod, Jesse, maybe, but we know that Roy isn't going to be here forever. Um, we, I suspect probably that this will be his last job in football and he might walk away from it at some point. So there probably does have to be provisions put in place fairly soon for what happens when he does 
leave Palace, be it on good terms or bad terms, hopefully the former? Well, there were some rumours that Roy would be done with football this summer. Obviously not, because he's taken us into the new season, but you know, we've, we've been there and done that. We've, we've, Palace have always got a, some sort of problem just around the corner. But back to Luca a little bit. I mean, we always felt there was a massive Luca, sorry, Jednak-sized gap when he left and you can't ask for much more in a replacement than Luca. he's been he's been great as captain Hennessy's in the, in the house yeah that's that's really <laughs> Luca's been smashing for us <laughs> and um, you know he's, he's better at set pieces than Jednak ever was probably not as great a leader let's say but he's filled the gap as well as, well as you could hope for and if we lose Luca, then you're going to feel the same loss again so we've got to protect ourselves against that. Um, yeah, we're, saying, we're not... I'm, I'm not saying he's... I'm worried, obviously, he's got... I, I wasn't trying to say that Luca's not important. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he is. If we lose... if Say we lost him this window, for example, you like Jesse said, you noticed that yeah, yeah. difference. We don't have that sort of dirty, nasty player in the middle. I actually think it's one of the big issues we've got is we haven't, we're missing that Kabaya type who would make a little yeah. sly tackle, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. I actually think that's the biggest loss we've had in recent years. Like, I think we missed him last season. Yeah. And he's a free agent, Parish. you know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he is. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Maybe he's getting on a little bit. Although, he, like I say, it wasn't that long ago. Before we move on to our final few questions, um, we saw Max Meyer started on Tuesday, came off the bench today, and, and I know he, like he he is a bone of contention on this pod, mainly for people like me, to be honest, because um, I've been very harsh on him. Um, I'm hoping it could be a real sort of break breakthrough season for him, um, and I think he has looked quite good in preseason. I think he looked good on Tuesday, and I think he looked all right when he came on today. So, do we think actually, after a year of sort of bedding in, that maybe this could be the season he kicks on, and maybe he becomes that person next to Luca that does make things happen in the middle? We were talking about earlier about formations. Hodgson didn't play him, in my opinion. And he played him wide left, like most of the time, wide, it was wide left, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not his best position. So, if you want to get the best out of Max, you've got to put him in his best position. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Which, which was revealed on this podcast from, from Kevin Day after that Roy Q&A earlier in the summer that Max said he likes to play middle of the, sorry, left of the middle three, which I assume would be then Luca. Yeah. Max on the left and Macker on the right possibly is that where you'd like to see him play Jesse and do you think this could be a, a seminal season for him in a Palace shirt so Mayer remains an unknown quantity for us right he's he's obviously shown those flashes we've always had high hopes for him but he never seems to sort of connect with Wilf and him so pointing each other when things go wrong on the pitch and like, or you'd get flashes of it with him and Wilf, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's sort of sporadic, yeah. It, there's nothing to suggest that this is overwhelmingly the the player that we should be building a team around or anything like that. But he, but at the same time, he feels like he deserves a little bit more of a chance. Yeah. And Wilf looks good when he plays with Max. I think Will, Max and Wilf get the best out of each other, personally. It's fitting them both in the team, which I think is the problem. Yeah. And clearly Roy doesn't want Wilf playing. He wants to be more of a free role yeah. and Max more structured, which is great. But yeah, well, And also, one, we know Roy likes a structured team. And two, there's only so many players you can yeah, give free, free roles, roles to. Yeah, you can't exactly. say, yeah, yeah, you yeah. go Wilf, you go Max, you go. Suddenly you're losing something. Yeah. 
uh, in the rest of the team. Let's wrap up with uh, questions. Jordan Odia, which is a apt last name for a Palace fan, let's be honest, um, says, um, how are you guys feeling about this season and will we stay up? <laughs> Quite a general question, but uh, right now in this moment, Jesse, how are you feeling? I just, for the life of me, I cannot comprehend us selling AWB and Zaha in the same window. That just seems insane to me. Um, doing that is tantamount to um, just accepting a massive struggle beyond anything we've seen in the last five years. And I'd expect the club to announce that we're building the new stand imminently after yeah. pocketing 100, 120, 150 million quid. Yeah. So that's the way that would go. Yeah. Um, if we keep Wilf and we strengthen a little bit to replace AWB, a finisher in the box, then we'll be okay. But we know that we like a trolley dash towards the end of the uh, window. So let's talk about that again in the first week of August. I think that's a fairly uh, salient way to have probably a lot of Palestine's feel. Yeah, I, I think we'll struggle to start like we always do and then we'll come good second half of the season. We'll get someone in loan in January, probably deadline day, like Batshuayi again or someone. <laughs> yeah. and they'll say well, someone from Chelsea, yeah, probably. So, well, we get our stand in Chelsea loan, don't we, every season. Um, I just see history repeating itself again. Yeah. Well, and history would suggest that would happen because yeah. that's happened every season. Yeah. And if it does happen, it's not, it's not the, the worst thing in the world no, 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 to stay no, no, in the no, Premier no. League. But um, we would like to see some sort of progress. And we're not going to open that can of worms either because that is League a whole Cup. podcast in the future. Win the League Cup. Win the League go Cup. For go, for a go, cup. For, go for a League Cup this season. 100% go for cups otherwise what are we doing we're not going to get in the top 8 realistically so target a cup target a cup I beg you Hodgson and Paris you listen to this <laughs> <laughs> but as unlikely as it is target a cup and just go for it please I beg you I want to see us in Europe not on a pre-season tour We'd like to come back here, actually, wouldn't we, on a, in a European uh, group stage, maybe, and maybe we can come back to this same uh, pizzeria, which has been absolutely lovely. What's it called again? San Gattardo. So thank you very much for hosting us. Um, Jesse, thanks for being on the pod. Always a pleasure. Uh, Will, thanks for your company at this pre-season friendly. No worries, probably my last time as well. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We're back with you with another pod, maybe in pre-season, but certainly a full pod once the season kicks off. So uh, enjoy the rest of your summer, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.